Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they got destroyed. I don't know what else to say. They lost 112-94 to to the Boston Celtics in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. And before I go on to recap um, the carnage from this game, I have to tell you that, look, I know you're thinking right now, ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. And we're not just talking about basketball buckets, we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken Buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. It happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm talking about buckets on the podcast. The next minute, I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. But don't worry, it's normal. Even happens to most NBA players during actual games. It just means you're hungry. Order your bucket online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. I mean... Look at poor Nick right here, man. Nick could use a bucket of KFC right now. I mean, damn. <laughs> he look he looks tough. And um yeah, I mean, you know, that sums up the mood right there. The Raptors got smashed. Um you know, uh, I know it's just game 1. Um uh, I've obviously covered the Raptors for a while. I've seen the Raptors lose a lot of game 1s. Uh Raptors last year throughout the playoff run lost two game 1s. Um you know, two out of the four series they lost game 1. So uh, game one is always tough, but at the same time, you know, you can't not be concerned um, by the result of this one. And I say that because this wasn't any other game. This was, you know, it, it's concerning that it was an exact carbon copy of how the Raptors lost in their bubble game. In in the, in the you know, the, the bubble series or whatever, the seeding games, whatever they're called. They went 7-1, and one. you know, of course, then they uh, swept the... Uh, the, the first round against the Nets. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game was an exact carbon copy of that of that other loss that they've had so far inside the bubble. And, um, you know, it's 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 a little concerning from that front because when it happens twice, you can't really write it off as an anomaly. And I don't think anything is uh, an anomaly in this game. I mean, look, the Raptors admitted afterwards that they played terribly and they sort of, um, you know, were lifeless. You know, obviously there were some circumstances in- involving the fact that it's a very emotional weekend, a week for the, the the team, the NBA as a whole, you know, um, trying to decide whether to continue playing or to uh, continue protesting against continued police brutality, uh, especially in the United States, in the case of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. But, um, you know, it's just, it's been a heavy week. It's been an absolute heavy week. And, of course, you can, you know, um, point to that as sort of a factor here. Um, But at the same time, the the team did not do that. The team refused to do that. The team, um, you know, talked about how, you know what, this was just a game that they lost. And you got to hold that L sometimes. I think the Raptors can hold that L here. And, you know, it's concerning, really, because a lot of what the Celtics did successfully in that one bubble game was replicated here. I mean, you know, uh, defensively, the Raptors were actually, I thought, okay. Obviously, they had a terrible first quarter. They lost 39-23. to That put them behind the eight ball. They couldn't recover from there. But at the same time, the Raptors, I thought, were okay defensively. I mean, they forced uh, 22 turnovers out of the Celtics as a whole. 
Uh, and then after the first quarter where they committed 11 foul calls, some of those are shaky, but whatever, okay, 11 foul calls, um, the Raptors only gave up 10 free throws uh, from the second quarter to the fourth quarter. And, and, you know, the Celtics hit all 10, but 10 is 10. You can live with 10. Um, and the Raptors kept the Celtics off the offensive glass. They're a sneakily decent offensive glass team. Um, so, you know, like, for the most part, I, I thought it was okay. Like, you know, defensively, it was okay. It, the real issue is offensively, the Raptors cannot score. And that's where... You know, you could point to a couple of things. I mean, you can point to the fact that uh, you you got a really off night from Fred VanVleet. You're not going to expect him to shoot three of sixteen. Uh, you get a um, you know you got a tough scoring game from Pascal. He was really really bad in that front. Um, you know, you you get. I don't know, man. I wouldn't really say anybody played well, in particular offensively tonight for the Raptors. I mean, uh, you know, Pascal with 13, you know, some of that in garbage time. You know, okay, maybe you point to those some of these things. But really, I think the issue is the Celtics do a lot of stuff well against Raptors defensively that I'm not entirely sure the Raptors can adjust to. And what I mean by that is two runs. Like, one, the Celtics did a really good job of getting back in transition, so... Even though, for example, you look at um, you look at even though you know the Raptors uh, forced the Celtics into twenty two turnovers, they only got seven fast break points in total for the Raptors, and so you know obviously that's an area the Raptors need. You need the Raptors need to score in transition, or else they are not going to have an efficient game offensively. They're just not good enough half court wise. And the Celtics did a really good job of getting back in transition. The Celtics have done a really good job all season at getting back in transition against the Raptors in all four of the Raptors games against the Celtics. The Celtics um, were able to limit the Raptors to 13 or less um, fast break points. And so, you know, that that part is pretty bad. I think, you know, the Raptors need to get out in transition, need to find other ways to get out in transition. Even when they forced turnovers, they couldn't get out in transition. When they forced missed, they couldn't get out in transition. You know, some of that stuff is just is is concerning for sure. Uh, the other thing that's concerning is you know the Celtics do a really good job switching a lot uh, on the perimeter, and so the Raptors run a lot of plays. You know, whether it's for Fred, whether it's Kyle, sometimes even for um, even for Pascal when he's you know operating in a more perimeter role, where they set a lot of screens on the perimeter, double screens, drag screens, stuff like that. Uh, and they try to get an advantage, they try to get a, a player going downhill towards the basket, maybe a pull-up three open, you know, occasionally. But for the most part, trying to create gaps, the Raptors can, you know, put pressure on the paint, draw extra defenders, and then sort of play from that. Where the, after they've touched the paint, they are able to kick it out, they're able to swing the ball, and they're able to get a good shot off. And even though the Raptors did miss a whole bunch of open shots, I thought the Raptors didn't do a great job of just getting into their sets. Um, the Celtics shut a lot of that stuff down. Because you know they can they can switch a lot. I mean, even with uh, Gordon Hayward, who's six foot eight, he's he's out of the series with a sprained ankle. Um, you still have a guy like Marcus Smart coming in. There's no drop off there defensively, and the Raptors just weren't able to get into their offense. And and you know it's stagnated. There's a lot more one on one. There's a lot of Fred pulling up for three, uh, and you know. I thought he had some pretty good looks from three, and he can hit more of those. I think we just saw that against the Nets. I know it was the Nets, but, you know, honestly, the same amount of space. It's just, you know, Fred didn't hit him. Um, but, you know, a lot more pull-up threes, which is sort of an ISO kind of thing. You know, a lot more Pascal talking in the post, you know, more of an ISO thing. And, you know, it, it's, it's just tough. Whereas, you know, the Celtics, the Raptors did a decent job guarding the Celtics too, but the Celtics have 
uh, a really good ability to play as a team. I mean, you got Kemba Walker. The Raptors did a you know put a lot of pressure on Kemba in terms of Fred really swarming him and then sending a second defender. You know, usually whoever is screening for Kemba coming out to the side of the screen to the level of the screen trying to take away that pull up three for Kemba. Uh, but Kemba's still able to turn the corner a couple of times. He got 10 assists. You know, um, you know, Jalen Brown did a good job of assisting others. Marcus Smart, you know, a nice secondary playmaker there. Uh, and, and really, the Celtics were able to put pressure on the Raptors in that, like, they just have guys that are constantly putting you in pick and roll and forcing you to rotate and adjust and rotate and adjust. And eventually, they're going to find open shooters. And that's what they did tonight. I mean, they exploded the hell out of the corner three for the Raptors. Um, you know, Marcus Smart, I, it felt like he was money from there. And probably like, you know, I would say four of his threes from there, maybe five. I mean, he had five of nine from three. Uh, Jalen Brown hit a bunch of corner threes. You know, um, Brad Wanamaker hitting his corner three. Semi Ojale hitting his corner threes. The corner three was just open all night for the Celtics. And a lot of that is just because the Raptors are trying so hard to shut down a lot of the stuff that we're doing out top with, you know, the pick and roll stuff with Jalen, the pick and roll stuff with Jason Tatum, with Kemba Walker. Even occasionally with Marcus Smart, and you know, it, it just they didn't really do a, a a bad job of it. But at the same time, like the Celtics are just running a really good half court offense right now, where you know, a they have guys that can shoot and, and score, and, and a lot of guys that can hang on the ball. Uh, but B, they just also have guys that even when you do force them into tough situations, some of those guys can still salvage possessions. Like Kemba could get you a tough bucket. Like Jason Tatum can get you a tough bucket. So even if you are playing really good defense and shutting everything down. You know, at the end of the third quarter, for example, Jason Tatum, you know, going to, you know, one-on-one against, you know, the Raptors guards, you know, he's getting swarmed pressure, late shot clock situation, bam, you know, Jason Tatum is still giving you a, a mid-range pull-up, uh, Kemba Walker is still giving you a pull-up three to end the first half, to send the Raptors down 17 into halftime, and so, you know, there's a baseline there in terms of how efficient the Celtics offense can be. And then the baseline for the Raptors offense just hasn't really been there. The baseline has been pretty, pretty low. If I, if there even is one, um, you know, the Celtics did a decent job of guarding Fred. I mean, Fred shot three of 16. I thought a lot of those three should have dropped, but still did a decent job of guarding Fred. Um, you know, with Pascal, Pascal is probably the one that's probably more concerning because if you look at Pascal, you need him to match, what uh, Tatum has done, and of course, you know, we have defended Pascal a lot and, and everything like that, but it just seems like Pascal is really predictable at the moment. That's really been um, the case, I guess, for a couple of games, you know, but right now, and I guess in game one, it seemed like all Pascal could get was a post-up. That's it. That's He can get a post-up. Um, I don't know if he can get, uh, you know, a, the catch-and-shoot stuff he's not really doing much of. The pick and rolls, it felt like the Raptors completely took that off the table. The only pick and rolls they ran were for, for Kyle and for for uh, for Fred, and they ran a lot of those, but you know, um, you know, for for Pascal, it seemed like those were completely gone. And really all he did was just get into the post, which is fine. I mean, I, I like him in the post. I, I, I do, I do. But you know, it seems a little bit like it's easy to guard Pascal right now. He's not creating a lot of advantages for the team. Um, you know, when he goes into the post Usually the the other team will send a second defender, and the Celtics did do that. They did respect them, but at the same time, Jalen Brown did a decent job guarding Pascal on the post. You know, Marcus Smart did a decent job there. They got Daniel Tice a couple of possessions, and then they got Semi Ojale, who, if you're not familiar with him, he's basically built like uh, a Mack truck, and so you know he's you know, able to physically hold his ground. They they use him to guard uh, Giannis, so 
you know, I think if he can physically hold up against Giannis, he can physically hold up against Pascal. And so what Pascal's mostly doing is trying to back his man down as deep as possible and then going up for a little contested hook while yelling. And that just hasn't really gone in. I mean, first off, he's not getting a lot of uh, foul calls from there. I mean, he went four free throw attempts for Pascal today despite going to the post repeatedly. Yeah, some of those plays could have been fouls, you know, whatever. But, you know, still, he's uh, the referees are allowing them to play through contact in the post. You know that's one of the that's one of the facets of the modern game is that you're allowed to do whatever you want as a defender of the post. Whereas if you touch a guy at all, you breathe on a guy on the perimeter and it's a foul. And sometimes it's three free throws. So you know that's 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 part of just how the NBA game is called nowadays. But yeah, Pascal's just not getting a lot out of the post, man. And you know that's you know a couple of those shots will drop eventually. But you know it was really telling that the Celtics, as the game went on, just stopped doubling Pascal. You know, okay, it was against their their bench defender and and semi, and it's not even against Jalen Brown. And they're still like, yeah, we'll just send ISOs. It's okay. You can ISO. And Pascal can, you know, he can hit a couple of shots there. But you're not going to score enough really out of that situation unless you're able to sort of shift the defense, move the people around. And Pascal, aside from finding Fred for two threes, one in transition, one, you know, where he faced up, drove into the paint, collapsed, and then kicked it out. Pascal couldn't create anything for anyone. And, you know, it's not even so much about the, the, the fact that he couldn't score enough himself. It's the fact that he couldn't be an engine to create offense for the rest of the team. Because, you know, no matter what, as a number one guy, you got to be an engine to create offense for the team. If you're not hitting shots, you have to create shots for others. And, you know, they weren't able to do that. I mean, Jason Tatum, he wasn't really hitting shots early on, but, you know, he got it going later on. Um, Kemba, you know, the Raptors took away his field goal attempts. He only had 11 in 32 minutes, which is pretty low for Kemba, but Kemba got 10 assists out of that. You know, and Jalen Brown, the same kind of deal. He got four assists out of that. You know, for Pascal to attack the way he did and not get anything is 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 really worrisome. And so, you know, the Celtics, I mean, again, the, the switching thing is just tough, too, because that, that hurts a lot of what the Raptors can get. Uh, again, the Raptors, you know, run a lot of plays to sort of create little mismatches to get their guards going downhill. That just doesn't really happen against the Celtics. And, and really the only guy who could get to the paint was Kyle Lowry, who, um, you know, he had a... I don't even know what to call these. I mean, I, Kyle sometimes just gets in the mode where he is just like... He spazzes, I guess. Maybe maybe that's the best term for it. I mean, I, or maybe you know he thrashes. Like that's that's essentially what he's doing. He's he's using thrash, um, and he is he takes his energy up to like four levels above everyone else. Um, he can only do it for like maybe five minutes, I would say, sustainably in every game. But takes his energy up about uh, you know a couple notches above everyone else, and all of a sudden he's bursting through these gaps that the Celtics have done a pretty good job showing length on the perimeter, denying penetration, but Kyle's able to break through, get to the rim, play a little fast as well. You know, Kyle obviously is, you know, uh, he, I mean, he's he's really good at playing in transition, and he's really good at forcing the team to play in transition. Um, and he gave the Raptors a little bit of burst there. I mean, there's one play that, probably my favorite play, the KFC bucket of the game was Kyle Lowry... <laughs> Coming off of the handoff, you know, getting a switch against Tice, putting his elbow into Tice's uh, stomach, and, and taking Tice out of the play. Then surges in the paint, kind of walling off and, and getting Kyle a little bit of a lane, but Semi Ojale's in the paint too, and he's trying to contest that Kyle. Then Kyle just like bowls him over, knocks him over. You know, Ojale's in the restricted area. I think he gets a foul called on him, and Kyle gets the end one layup. Everyone collapses. It's just the sheer carnage of that play. You know, that's what I mean by Kyle Lowry thrashes. You know, he creates a lot of chaos, but 
Um, yeah, he did a lot of that. But aside from that, I don't know, man. Uh, is the Raptors need to do a better job of, you know, getting um, into the paint, you know, uh, collapsing the defense, drawing extra help, and then hitting outside shots? Because that's the part where that really hurts, right? Because the 10 of 40 from three, it was bad. I mean, a lot of those, I watched back Fred's 11 threes. You know, maybe he forced like two or three of those, you know, uh, and that's when the whole team was cold. So, I, I mean, I, I understand, I guess, sort of calling your own number there, sometimes shooting from like 30. But for the most part, you know, uh, Fred was open off the pull-up three, off the pie pick and roll. Just didn't get a lot of those to fall. Kyle had some open shots, getting them to fall. Mark, all three of his threes were open, couldn't get them to fall. Pascal had some open threes, missed those, com- abandoned the three completely, went into the post. You know, OG... Didn't even get a lot of chances to shoot the three. Serge had a couple chances to shoot the three. He made some, but, you know, again, the Celtics are going to live with that. And it's it just on the whole, like, the, the Raptors just could not get, especially the starting five. I mean, the, the fact that starting five only had four made threes is a real problem. And when the whole starting five has less threes made than than Marcus Smart, oh, man, that's going to be bad. That's going to be bad. And, you know, you expect them to hit some more shots. You do, but... At the same time, you have to respect the fact that the Celtics are doing a really good job, right? Because just because you take a three and you miss doesn't mean next time you're going to make it, all right? That doesn't mean that. I mean, sometimes you're on a late shot clock situation, you force up a three. Who cares? You're not going to make that next time either. That's not make or miss league. That's just bad offense. Um, and, you know, I guess it's a bit of column A, a bit of column B, but, you know, it, it's just... It's concerning to me. It's real concerning to me that Raptors offense has not been able to get going against the Celtics. And the Celtics, you know, okay, yeah... You know what? If you can't, you know, necessarily score on them, maybe you can defend them. I think the Raptors do a decent job defending the Celtics. It's just that they're a really good team. And offensively, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of tough shot makers. And so their floor, their offense is going to be pretty high. Like, I didn't even think the Celtics had that great of a game today. They hit a bunch of threes. That's, you know, whatever. They hit a higher percentage. You don't expect them to shoot, like, 90% from the corners. But at the same time, you're expecting them to make a decent amount of corner threes. And, of course, some of their tough shot makers, you know, they made their shots. And... You know, aside from the turnovers, the Celtics were okay. I mean, but, you know, I, yeah, the Raptors offense just has to be better. I don't know what else to say. Like, it was bad in the in game uh, in the game against the bubble, too. Like, the Raptors were in, like, the mid-50s, uh, midway through the third quarter. And, and you know, whatever. Uh, people <laughs> were talking about, oh, maybe they threw the game. They didn't want to show their hand. There was no hand to show. All right. <laughs> uh, that, that was just it. So, I mean, look, I think there are adjustments. And there are definitely adjustments. Don't, I don't, I don't want to come off as that negative. I know... um. It was a bad result. I'm not trying to pile on the team. But I do think that there were some real issues. But I think in terms of adjustments, I mean, A, on the whole, just play a lot faster. Like, you know, I think the play that enraged me the most in this whole game was Fred. You know, I think the Raptors got a block. I think OG got a block on on, on Wanamaker or whatever. But Fred was trying to lead the fast break. And, kind of, you know, the Raptors had numbers going forward. He could have hit them with the hit-ahead pass. But Fred just kind of insisted on dribbling the ball up the floor. I and mean, he was trying to push the pace, but there was a man on him and slowing him down and pressuring the ball. And then eventually Fred drove into, like, two guys, and then he had to turn the ball over. And all of a sudden, the Celtics are going the other way instead for, like, a 3 on nothing fast break. And then their rookie, Robert Williams, or maybe he's not a rookie. Yes, he's a sophomore. But, you know, Robert Williams, whatever, he, he goes up for a windmill dunk. And I'm like, yo, I'm having flashbacks to when uh, Gerald Green did this to the Raptors as a rookie, as a member of the Celtics. It, back when I was watching this game in like 240p on the score, like you know, like it, it, it was it was tough. I mean, the Raptors and, and all, as a whole needs to play faster. Like they just need to play faster. They were kind of sluggish today. Fred a little bit sluggish. Kyle outside of the little burst was you know not 
as energetic as he normally is. Norm did not get out in transition at all, and that's a real issue. Uh, Pascal not really getting out in transition, so, you know, they just, I mean, they got some stops today. They just didn't run at all, and and that's something that, you know, the Raptors need to just do a better job of. I don't know what the adjustment is other than just run better um, <laughs> or run harder. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's hard to say in that front. And then the other thing is just, you know, I think the Raptors need to look at a couple of things in terms of just, like, how do you get your pick-and-roll game going? You know, Mark, he mixed in, like, a little post-up. He mixed in a little, like, roll to the basket. And I'm like, wow, he must be scoring well. Then you check the box score. He's got seven points, and he's a minus 18. He just can't score. Like, he, he cannot score. I mean, I think defensively, Mark did a good job taking away the rim. A lot of the times the Celtics are going in there, you know, facing Mark. Mark is able to force misses. For sure. Absolutely. But... You know, as I said coming into the series, a lot of what Mark brings to this team offensively is if he hits a couple of threes, if he can sort of, you know, create a couple of passes on the perimeter where, you know, whatever, if someone's cutting through the lane, someone's cutting off the ball, Mark finds them, or, you know, whatever. Or at the very least, if he can space the floor, then he can kind of be neutral to, like, slightly positive. But for the most part, Mark is kind of a liability offensively. And then OG is also not a guy who's not going to get involved that much offensively. I don't think he, I don't think the Raptors called a single play for OG today. Um, you know, OG got a lot of his own offense off offensive rebounds, you know, off of second chance opportunities. When the ball swung to him and he was open, you know, the Celtics sort of getting miscommunications. OG is able to get to the lane and, and dunk. And that was great. But, I mean, that's pretty much as much as you can kind of reasonably expect from OG. Um, so you have to think of ways to sort of find a better opportunities for your main creators, right? Like Fred and Kyle. I mean, I, maybe I'll take Kyle out of this because Kyle actually had a decent stretch. I don't think 17 points and 8 assists for Kyle on 5 of 12 shooting is that bad. Yeah, he could have hit more threes, but, you know, Kyle was okay offensively. It really is just Fred and Pascal. Fred and Pascal being a combined 8 for 32? Oh, my God. That is really what they shot. 8 of 32. Um... You're just never going to win like that. Uh, the Celtics won't win if they're, you know, their second and third options. If uh, if Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown go uh, eight for thirty-two, they're not gonna they're not gonna win either. And and you need to find ways to get them going for Pascal. I think he needs to face up with just a little bit more. Just, like I I know the outside shot is not going. And it must be frustrating, and you you obviously you feel most comfortable in the post, but there needs to be a little bit more of that pick and roll action there with Pascal on top. You know, maybe create a mismatch, maybe create a switch, whatever. But Pascal dribbling at the rim could still be a, a good option for the Raptors offensively, especially since like you're not getting that much out of the post, even when he does score. And then the other thing is, you know, I think for Fred, you know, it, the pull up threes are good. You know, I, I think he can continue shooting those. I, I like the way he shot the ball today. He just needs to hit the three um, and, and a couple more to drop, and those weren't dropping. But the other thing is, I, I think I need Fred to get to the rim a little bit more. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. He did lead the team in shot attempts in 16, and he had only made three, so it's not great. I mean, he shot one of five from inside the paint. He got a couple of shots blocked. But, you know, when he can just, like, find a couple of angles there to get downhill, to score at the rim, to sort of make the defense sort of think, commit extra defenders... I think that's where Fred can really kick it out and sort of trigger sequences for the team and as a whole. And yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Fred wasn't really able to do that, and and I do have faith that Fred can make a couple more of those contested shots. And then when you look up off the bench, I mean, yeah, I think you can. As I mentioned before the series too, I think you can maybe switch Serge into Mark's spot in the starting five if you're really having that much struggle scoring. You know, the starting five did not score well 
in the bubble in that loss to the Celtics there, and they did not score well tonight. Um, but, you know, I, I think, yeah, maybe you could switch Serge into, you know, Serge is shooting the three a lot better than Mark as of late. Uh, and, of course, Serge gives you a little bit more of that presence on the offensive glass. You know, you can mix it up with Serge just a little bit. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't hate that. I mean, I've, I don't think you make it for game two, but maybe you make it for game four. Um, and then the other thing is, like, you just got to get Norm going, too. Because, like, Norm was invisible tonight. And, you know, the deeper you go in the playoffs, the more you're going to need Norm. I mean, Norm used to be kind of like a nice luxury piece. It's great that Norm's doing what he's doing, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he's... You know, he's, you can't just get 10 points on 4 of 12 shooting from Norm anymore. You know, he's not giving you any play creation. He's defending. He's okay, but he's mostly just, like, average on defense. You know, situationally, sometimes he's good in terms of guarding, like, quicker players. But, you know, he's no shutdown guy. It's just, yeah, you got to get Norm some better offense. And for Norm, I mean, you know, he works a lot off the ball. So, the Celtics switching really takes away a lot of the advantages you can create. The Celtics also take away a lot of transition, for which is pretty much where Powell gets half his scoring. Um, but I, I do think there are certain situations where, you know, Powell should be able to get downhill. I don't even care if they switch and stuff like that. Just come across the screen, you know, screen better, you know, cut better. Like, I refuse to believe that Norm is just going to be completely shut down because team switched, okay? Um, and then the other thing is just, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> when you're struggling offensively, like, try to go to more of your offense uh, you know, skewing kind of looks. I mean, I thought they did a decent job off the bench, you know, when they had, you know, Terrence Davis in there. He's obviously willing to shoot. You hit a corner three. Uh, you know, obviously Norm is more offensive minded. Serge is more offensive minded. Like, you know, I think in this series, you need so much offense that, like, I don't know if you can play OG and Mark together as much as you can because that really allows the Celtics to focus elsewhere. Um, and, of course, you know, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's a bit of a concern because the OG or Mark are also two of your best defensive players. But, you know, it's a tough matchup. It's a tough series. And I think the Raptors can bounce back. I mean, look, you know, the Raptors have lost a lot of game ones, really. Uh, what the Raptors do really well is win game two, historically speaking. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's some things that are just, you know, a little bit obvious. Like, you know, stop helping as much off the corner. Like, you have to fight your instincts because the Raptors are such a help-conscious team. And they've done so well this season by sort of storming the ball, taking away the paint. But at the same time, you cannot just be leaving the, the corner every single time that Kemba Walker comes around the screen. If Marcus Smart is coming off the pick and roll, you don't need to dig off the corner. And there are opportunities there where, yes, the Raptors do a good job of that. You, against most teams, it works. But you have to adjust and adapt to the situation. You know, Nick said it coming into the series. You don't have to play a lot more one-on-one defense. And, you know, I, I, I believe that. I think the Raptors do have good one-on-one defenders. And yeah, yeah, you might risk, you know, uh, you know, someone else going off, you know, Kemba going off or Tatum going off. Those guys are skilled enough. Even Jalen Brown's skilled enough to go off offensively. But um, you just cannot always give up the open corner three because, yes, the Celtics won't shoot 90% every game, but they they will hurt you enough from the corner threes that, you know, you need to be smarter about sort of where you leave, you know, who you're leaving open and also how often and how open you're leaving them open because, Anyone's a good shooter if you're leaving them, like, I don't know, like a full three seconds to shoot the basketball. Um, and then the other thing is just you got to run more, man. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's weird seeing the Raptors being so sluggish. I get that the Celtics are good getting back. You know, they obviously don't crash the offensive glass that much. That's a strategy that they use to get back. But, but damn, like, you know, you, you play all this defense, as Nick Nurse said. You got to get something out of it, and the Raptors couldn't get anything out of it. So, 
a disappointing game one for sure. Um, again, you know, the first quarter really put them in a hole and the Raptors couldn't fight out of it. Uh, the Celtics are a very, very good team. And, you know, yeah, you cannot be down 39 to 23 after the first quarter. I mean, down 16 after the first, man. It's a long way back. It's a long, long way back. And the Celtics have enough players where, yes, they have a shorter rotation, but they're always having, you know, two of their creators on the floor. I would say Smart is, you know, even though he's not necessarily that great offensively, he's a bit of a creator for them too. So you got Smart, Walker, Brown, Tatum, two of those guys are on the floor at all times. That's going to sustain the offense enough to um, not allow the Raptors to get, you know, mount these huge comebacks. And so, you know, you just... Yeah, you you can't start the game like that, and you know you that the Raptors started the game like trash tonight. They started the game like trash in their loss to the Celtics inside the bubble, and yeah, you know just got to be better up from the from the tip. And honestly, if if, if it goes wrong again in game two, then you might actually seriously look at changing the starting five because you know <laughs> yeah yeah you just can't be down right away after every game. So. Uh, you know, from there, the Raptors competed, but I mean, it's easy to compete when your opponent's feeling a little bit more comfortable, up 20. That's, that's all I'll say. In terms of your three stars from this game, um, obviously Kyle's the first star, 17 points, 5 of 12 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3, 6 of 9 from the free throw line. I like that he got to the free throw line nine times. Got a couple of generous calls, but whatever. This is Kyle. He's going to play the rest occasionally. Uh, six rebounds, eight assists, uh, five personal fouls, a steal, five turnovers, you know, a little bit reckless at times, but honestly, this game needed to be, you know, uh, amped up to a higher intensity and a higher pace for the Raptors, and I don't fault Kyle for doing it. I thought he was the right decision. You know, had a good, nice little burst there in the second half where he was really just, like, you know, making a lot happen for the Raptors, but yeah. Um, really, it was the most promising thing is that Kyle, his ankle looked good. He looked healthy. I'm sure it's probably sore right now, but uh didn't really seem to impact them today. He played pretty good defense on Tatum. Even though Tatum made a couple of tough shots, you know, I, I thought Kyle played well. So he's the first star. Second star, I mean, what am I going to go with here? OG, I guess? OG, 12 points, 4 or 6 shooting. You know, hit a 3, 3 or 4 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds. He got, you know, a couple of breakdowns there. He was able to capitalize, drive inside. Not really going to create much, so... OG getting the second star is more a reflection of the Raptors struggling as a whole. And then third star, I mean, I don't even know where you go with this. Serge had a hot start, but he really cooled off, had some lazy defensive moments. You know, not not a huge fan of how he played. Norm, you know, invisible, despite the fact that he scored 10 points. I might honestly give it to Fred, even though he shot 3 of 16. Um, you know, because he got the six steals, he was really, really into Kemba, digging into him. Um... He had eight assists. You know, I, yeah, I, I didn't hate the process in which Fred played. I mean, he can, he speeded up a little bit in transition. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. When you're giving a guy who's minus 28 at the third star, that means you didn't play well. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it was just a bad game. But I guess I'll give Fred the third star if I had to give out uh, one of them. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to Marcus Smart. This man is primed to be the Gerald Henderson for the entire series. Not because he's a bad player, because he's a really good basketball player. He, he makes a lot of, you know... Makes a lot of Kyle Lowry plays, and that, that's a really high compliment from a, from a Raptors fan. Um, but really, today it was just a he played pretty good defense, uh, really disruptive. You know, um, you know, had a possessions guarding Siakam, had possessions guarding a lot of people. Uh, but then also the the five threes, especially the corner threes, just or daggers into my heart, man. Twenty one points for Marcus Smart, plus twenty seven for the Celtics, the highest for on the team. 
I had a couple of turnovers, but you know, pretty efficient game for Marcus Smart, uh, and obviously he's always going to be good defensively. So, hats off to um, Marcus Smart, man. Damn, couldn't even get off my Bulbasaur joke there. Just, just don't feel like it. So, um, yeah, it was a tough game. It was a tough game, and, and you really need Pascal to do better. You really need Fred to hit a lot more shots, and yeah, play faster at the team. Just please play faster. The seven fast break points when you have forced twenty two turnovers does not make any sense for me. And yeah, just got to do better in that front. So they lose game one. I, I still maintain Raptors in seven, but I also have to say that every time I predict the Raptors in seven, they have lost. <laughs> uh, twenty eighteen against the Cavs, I said Raptors in seven, they lost. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's gonna be a tough series. The Celtics are a really good team. I think we should stop underestimating them. You know, even without Jalen, uh, uh, even without Gordon Hayward, um, they are still pretty, pretty mighty and pretty formidable and. Yeah, I, I don't think they're unbeatable either. I think the Raptors can do some things, but, you know, what they have done so far in the season and what they did tonight was not enough. So I'm looking forward to how the Raptors bounce back in Game 2. If there's any history of the Raptors and sort of how they play after losing Game 1, you can bet that Game 2 will be a very ugly performance in which the Raptors somehow pull it out. to not inspire necessarily confidence, but to give you a slight bit of relief in that it's tied 1-1. So... I'm expecting a uh, uh, you know a very 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 competitive game in game two, a lot more competitive than this one. And yeah, if they lose that one, then I don't know. But for now, they lose game one. It's, it's happened. It's okay. You can adapt. You can adjust. You can refocus. Look at the tape, and um, hopefully come back with a better effort. So when the Raptors play game two on Tuesday, I'll be back. Uh, before I go, I have to let you know that the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show will be taking place. Uh, me and co-host Josh Hart will be taking calls at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern uh, on Monday. So that's tomorrow if you're listening to the pod uh, on Sunday, the night of the game. Call in. Let us know where you're at, where you're feeling. It's a good time. It'll probably make you feel better. You can watch live on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. Streaming live from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. So call us tomorrow and uh, let us know because, you know, we were feeling pretty damn good last week when it was a sweep. Uh, I'm expecting a little bit different mood, but at the same time, you know, I also don't think it's that much of a concern to worry about. It's just one game. I think the Raptors can recover. There's some things they can do better. And I'm looking forward to how they do it. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone who's been rating, reviewing, subscribing, by the way, as well. I mean, those are very, very needed, but also they feel great. I mean, I've been checking up on the uh, the numbers there, and the numbers keep climbing, so I feel really appreciated. It helps us surface the podcast in the iTunes store, in the Spotify browse section. So um, please, if you like the show, if you enjoy the show, review the show, rate the show, give it five stars. It helps other people find the show, and yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. And um, yeah, call in tomorrow. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.